Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey. <laughs> just the low guttural, just hey. hey. No, what's his name? Uh, yeah, the, the guy with the, the Fonz. Hey. Oh, yeah, there we go. Hey. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going for. The Fonz, not the Budweiser frogs. No, no, but no, no not that. Nope. Because we don't drink Budweiser. No, we don't. No Bud Light for us. No Bud no Light longer. for us. Nope. Ever Definitely since, not. Yeah, the thing. The thing. So, but that Mulvaney guy, that the the trans, um, what yep. you know, trans. This activist? is an interesting start to the podcast. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you? So, did you stop drinking Bud Light because of that, Master <laughs> PJ? Or was that's that like the question? Like, when did you stop hitting your wife? Um, what do you no. think about that? Th- that whole controversy? Yeah, I don't know. I saw recently that like I think it was Kid Rock who ripped them and had a video of him like he was drinking Bud shooting Light yeah the cans and then they were like oh he's drinking Bud Light. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all it's all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous. It's it is ridiculous. But you know it's not God's word. That's right. Yep. Yep. And today we are in Psalm 116, 117, and 118. And when we say we're in Psalm 116 and uh, Psalm 117 in particular, Psalm 117 is like four verses. Good verses, great verses, but still Excellent not verses. Uh, some of my favorites. Not a lot uh, not a lot of content there, but good content there. Anyway, Psalm 116 is uh, just kind of a, the word that came to mind is a tender psalm. Um, thanksgiving for God's deliverance. I mean, just expressing his love for the Lord and saying, I love you because. And I, that, oh, a tender. Yeah. I was thinking, a tender? Where is this going? Like, a, attending? Like, oh. That's an attender. So no. That, a, what, what does it attend? A as in article? Like it's, yes. Yes. It was, I, tender. I track now. Like the smokehouse. Like the smokehouse. Yes. That's exactly where I was going. No, a tender Tracking. psalm because he's expressing his devotion to the Lord and then he's saying because and it's um, it's encouraging and I, and I thought to myself man I, I need to be I need to do that more often I need to say man I, I love you Lord because mm-hmm. and to recount the blessings of the Lord and the reasons why he's been so good to us I think that's a, a, such a good thing to do when the psalmist does that here he talks about his his graciousness in verse 5 his righteousness and his mercy that he's experienced um he talks about his hope in verse 9 i will walk before the lord in the land of the living that's a that's a cool line right there to think about that the land of the living well that's certainly not here because we see death all around us but there's a a, a future coming for us that we know and and that we anticipate and that we look for and long for and that's because of the grace and mercy of the lord we can say with the psalmist we will walk with the lord in the land of the living mm. and cool hope for us to hold on to in, in psalm 116 as well totally. he kind of asked the 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 rhetorical question here in verse 12 he says what, what can i pay back to god for all the things that he's done for me and and maybe you've thought that too you know god you've been so kind to me you've you've been gracious you've been you know you've provided all these things for me how could i ever repay you and the answer is really we can't accept to offer our life and that's what he, he talks about in 13 and 14 you know i i will offer up the cup of salvation some think this may be a, a drink offering or a reference to a drink offering others have said no it's it's god's cup receiving it, it, we're receiving the cup of salvation from the lord rather than by contrast the cup of his wrath mm. that could be poured out to us so either way we're going to celebrate the cup of the salvation of the lord and then verse 14 i'm going to pay my vows to the lord meaning what meaning i'm going to live devoted to him i'm going to live out my life in full obedience to him as much as it's dependent upon me and i'm going to uh, just pursue him and pursue a, a life of godliness um, verse 15 
interesting uh, translation here in the ESV where it says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Um, that's a, a verse maybe you've heard at a funeral before and, and maybe you've just read it before and thought that's an interesting comment. And maybe our thought as well, it's precious because they, then he gets to be with them in the sense that they're, they're brought to be with him and that's why it's precious. Well, the word can also mean costly rather than precious. Um, and so it's, it's this idea that the Lord does not take lightly yeah, the death of any of his followers. And here you have the psalmist in some dire straits praising God for delivering him. That's the motive of this whole psalm. He's saying, God, I love you because you've been faithful to deliver me. And here he is saying, you know, you, you value the life of your saints, precious, costly. It's not a flippant thing for you to just dispose of one of your followers. And the same is true for us today. Right. And I would even say on top of that, it's, it's one of the reasons why we spend time at making memorials meaningful. Mm. We don't treat them flippantly. Sometimes people have requests like they, they want it to be upbeat and let's be uh, colorful and vibrant and celebratory. And I understand that. I understand what they're trying to get at. Like we're going to celebrate this person's life. And yes, I understand that, that desire and that instinct. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a weighty meaningfulness. Mm-hmm. There's a certain sense in which death is not a good thing. It is an enemy. It's a last enemy to be defeated by Christ. Um, and we should recognize that God himself, when he looks at this, this is not a like, Hey, great job. You did it. At least not totally seems like here it's a it's a somber and heavier precious thing in his sight yeah yeah well psalm 117 opens with the phrase praise the lord and this uh hey we got another email this week and the emailer thank you said um hey have you guys haven't drawn the connection to the fact that praise the lord is translated in hebrew hallelujah right so maybe you've said hallelujah before and and uh and that you haven't fully understood what that means other than it's an expression of praise but it means transliterated praise hallel the lord yah yahweh it's a, a truncation of yahweh and so in these Psalms, Psalm 113 through Psalm 118, they're known in the uh, Hebrew Bible as the Hallel Psalms because of this concept, praising the Lord, hallelujah. And so here we find another one that opens up in Psalm 117 with praise the Lord. And it's a call to all peoples, all nations to praise him and extol him for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Um, simplistic, but just a good straightforward uh, call for us to worship and to exalt God. So emailer, you know who you are. Thank you so much for submitting that and encouraging us to to touch on that. That was a great point. Indeed. Psalm 118 then, um, again, the end of the Hillel Psalms, these praise the Lord Psalms, uh, it, it looks back, it seems, on God's faithfulness in delivering his people in the Exodus. And yet... The last part of it anticipates a future deliverance that would come and and be inaugurated with the triumphal entry from Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And so if you look down the page on Psalm 118 to uh, verse 25, it says, save us, we pray, O Lord. So your English translation says, save us. Now, the Hebrew is a word that we would know there that we would recognize and has been transliterated and carried over as well into our English language. And that is the word Hosanna. And so when you go to the New Testament um, and you have Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the the day of the triumphal entry, he's greeted with shouts of Hosanna, which means save us. And so it's a it's a call back to Psalm 118 there and they knew what they were doing there. They knew that they were, they had messianic expectations for Jesus and they believed that he was going to be the fulfillment of Psalm 118. And so they're crying, save us. We pray, O Lord, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Verse 26. What's interesting is if you look right back up at, at verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made, right? Maybe you grew up singing that this song. This is the yep. day. Yep. And uh, maybe you grew up singing that song and, and I did. 
I did too. And uh, it, it, it seems like Psalm 118 was associated with a feast day. And admittedly, we don't know exactly which feast, although it's possible that it was the Passover. In fact, it's it's likely that it was the Passover. Mm. So this is something that's interesting. As Jesus, and so that means Psalm 118 would have been sung and would have been uh, a part of the worship going on on the Temple Mount during the Passover week leading up to the, the Passover. Okay. Fast forward. Temple Mount, Jesus coming in on on Palm Sunday, uh, the, making the triumphal entry. The crowds are outside greeting him as he's coming in, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If this is going on in the temple, then the priests are in the temple, somewhat ironically, singing in the worship services in preparation for the Passover feast, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, not realizing that they are welcoming in themselves Jesus. the fulfillment of this. That's awesome. So kind of a cool, a cool thing there. Yeah. Yeah. So Psalm 118, um, another verse there that is probably worth just grabbing really quick is verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That should sound familiar to you. Jesus applied that to himself in Matthew 21, verse 42. And then Paul applied that recently. We read about this in our daily Bible reading in Romans chapter nine, verse 32, to explain why Israel had not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And it's, it's right here taken from Psalm 118, verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Well, let's jump over to our New Testament reading, which is going to take us to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I just typed it in. I'm there. You ready? Awesome. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Well, if you remember from chapter one, uh, Paul has been talking about the, the wisdom of God and the versus the the wisdom of the world and how the, the wisdom of God looks like foolishness to the world, but really the wisdom of God makes the wisdom of the world foolishness in the end. And that's really what chapter two unpacks is more of that and, and the why behind that. And Paul says in verse two, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Boom. Uh, Pastor, I'd unpack that for us a little bit because if Paul abdicating all of his knowledge here, what, what, do, what do we understand by that? And how should we then live that out? Yeah, Paul emptied his his brain of anything except the gospel. That's um, exactly what that means. Yeah, he was yeah. alming the whole time. Yeah. Now, uh, really what this means is that Paul had an, uh, an undistracted focus and intention at making sure that the gospel of Jesus Christ was central, primary, and undiluted from anything else that might have competed for his attention and his time, which is so interesting. In fact, later on, we're going to come across some, some passages that seem to suggest that for the pastor or the preacher like Paul, that really nothing else should be included in someone's preaching. But Paul was such a, a man of the people. like He, he was reading uh, Cretan poets and and quoting them. And then uh, on the Areopagus, he was referencing other poets. Like this guy was well-learned. Mm. So it's not like he has, he doesn't necessarily mean, hey, don't use or allow the wisdom of the world to be integrated somehow in his preaching and in his evangelism. But it, it, it means that in those things that we utilize, none of it should be even close to to becoming primary or to even becoming equivalent to the word of God. It's always meant to be subjugated. Here's how the wisdom of God is shown to be better, greater, more compelling than anything else the world has to offer. So it doesn't mean that he's emptied his mind entirely, but it does mean that the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ was always primary. And that was evident in his preaching. Yeah. Super helpful because verse five, he wanted the faith to rest, not in the wisdom of men or his own eloquence or his argumentative skills, but 
in the power of God, which is the gospel. He goes on from here and says some interesting things about uh, wisdom. And he said, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. And so he said, there, basically, he's saying there is a wisdom that we do have to offer. And the rest of chapter two, basically what he's doing here is he's explaining that there is a wisdom that is a spiritual wisdom in contrast to the wisdom of the world, which is a natural wisdom. And so when he starts in verse six by saying we do impart wisdom, he says it's it's different than the wisdom of this age. Verse seven, it unpacks that wisdom. Verse seven explains the wisdom of verse six because he says we impart a secret or a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now, that has led to a misinterpretation by a lot of people suggesting that Paul is referring to an elite group of Christians that he was imparting this hidden wisdom to. And, and there's a there's a cultic um, heresy that arose, and this was second, third century AD, so this is long after Paul, but it's called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism had a lot of, of uh, the roots that we find in Colossians, where people were uh, insisting on these visions, and um, that if you were really a super Christian, then you had these spiritual experiences that you were elite and you had these visions and dreams and everything else. Paul is not suggesting that here in first Corinthians chapter two, rather what he means by this idea of the hidden wisdom is it's hidden from the natural man. It's hidden from the, the world. The world cannot access it. And that's how he continues his argument here. The wisdom, this hidden wisdom is made known through the Holy spirit. God has given his spirit and the spirit helps us to understand these things that are part of the hidden wisdom. And you remember from Romans chapter eight, Paul said in Romans chapter eight, he said, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Mm-hmm. And so if you have the, if you're in Christ, in other words, to state it positively, if you're a Christian, you have the spirit. And if you have the spirit, part of the spiritual role in your life is helping you to understand the hidden wisdom of God. These spiritual matters, matters that are discerned not by the flesh, but according to the spirit that help us to grow in our faith and understanding of Jesus and our salvation. Does that mean then that when we preach the gospel to unbelievers that they're not able to understand what's being said? Or is it just a matter of, well, they understand it, but they can't apply it? In what sense does Paul mean for us to understand that wisdom? Yeah, the ability to understand may be there, but the ability to enact that through faith and, and to receive that wisdom is not there. And I think we see that in another Corinthians uh, epistle in second Corinthians chapter four, when Paul will talk right. about the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the lost to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. So therein, they may be able to conceptually understand the words coming out of your mouth. It's not like you're speaking something and they're looking at you going, you're, you're speaking not English. Mm-hmm. They can understand it. They can even conceive and and understand the parts and the components, but to be able to receive that by faith, which is what's necessary. And then to, to your point, apply that to their lives. That's where the inability comes in and they're not able to understand the wisdom of God in that sense. So it's more like a sense that they they can logically comprehend what's being said, but to apprehend it for all that it is, it's glory, it's beauty and the offer of grace. That's where the disconnect happens. Right. Spiritual deadness. Yep. That's it. That's it. And that's thank you. First Corinthians chapter two. So there it is. We uh, we made an effort this this uh, in this episode to, to truncate to, to shorten concise. things down a little bit to be more concise, less verbose, less wordy. And I think we did it. We came in right at about fifteen minutes. I think we nailed it. We now have enough time to talk about anything else we want for the next fifteen minutes. Yeah, because we are fifteen minutes early. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll spare you, but we will be back again tomorrow for another episode, Lord willing, of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Sunday. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.